You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I had to go about it This is The Final Word with Adam Collins, and this is a little bonus set on a topic that we've always taken a keen interest in, going back to the very start of the podcast in 2015, running out of the non-striker. Now, I must admit back then, my knowledge of what is now known as Law 38.3 wasn't overly sophisticated. Despite having umpired indoor cricket as a young fella, where man-catting was so part and parcel of the game that a capital M was used in the scorebook, back then, I used to think there was something not quite right about the whole thing. But in 2017, when the MCC rewrote the law, my interest in it grew. Eventually, Jeff and my enthusiasm as well. And this has all been governed by a simple idea. The once has a better grasp of why the law is there and an understanding of how it works, that it won't necessitate a major diplomatic event each time the non-striker is caught dozing. The man who authored the rewrite six years ago is the MCC's laws manager, Fraser Stewart. Over the years, he's been a regular interview guest on the pod and in other work that Jeff and I have been involved in, more often than not returning back to this topic. And with the MCC last week adding some meat to the bones when it comes to non-strikers leaving their ground early, after Adam Zampa's failed attempt in the Big Bash, it was Fraser who we called to discuss the expanded language and why it is important. Enjoy. It's the final word with Adam Collins and with me today from the MCC, it's the man cutter in chief. It's Fraser Stewart, the man who decides, well, what lives and dies as far as the laws are concerned. And he's put out a little clarification statement of sorts around running out the non-striker during the week. We thought he'd get him back on the show. Hello, Fraser. 
No, Adam, nice to see you again. It's great to see you. I hate that we always meet around running out the non-striker, but so it is. The last time we saw each other in person, as I described in the podcast last week, it was after a bottle of wine and I was chasing you around talking about expected point of release at the Cricket Riders lunch last year. But I know that I wouldn't have been the only one who has been very interested in talking about the, I suppose, ambiguity around Law 38.3.1 as it was drafted and redrafted in, in 2017, the extent to which that's informed why you thought you'd put out that expanded law during the week and, and, and how much of it was simply the cricket that's been on the field in the last couple of years or so where we see more and more of this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a law that evokes a lot of um, controversy. Uh, you know, Historically, people have, have painted the, the bowler as the villain. We Back in 2017, we switched the, the wording of the law so that it was um, it's non-striker leaving his or her ground early rather than bowler attempting to run out a non-striker. And then more recently, last year in October, we moved it from the unfair play law to, to the run-out law because it is it is a run-out and, um, you know, it was, it's actually unfair play by the, by the non-striker to leave early, but a lot of people felt it was unfair of the... Of the bowler, but leaving all that aside, the, the law actually hasn't really changed since since 2017. Um, but the it was the Adam Zampa um, incident that had a lot of people scratching their head and, and reading the law. And and I guess when you're so close to it and you know what you think it says and what you want it to say, um, people were going, "Well, that's not what the law says." So we had another another really good look at it and realised that there was a sort of a, a, a second way of interpreting the way that the law was, uh, mm. namely that. If the if the non-striker um, leaves before the bowler got to the and and sort of expected moment of release, then the run out could happen at any time, and that wasn't what um, our intention was. And and in all the stuff we've written about it and explained about it, you know, that's not been our interpretation or, or the way that ICC and, and other governing bodies have interpreted it. But when you see it written down, it's like okay, I can see why it's it's written that way. So. We've moved pretty quickly with this and it's, it's gone through our, our law subcommittee, our cricket committee and MCC's main committee um, just to really tighten the wording up. So the intention of the law hasn't changed. So we, we haven't sort of issued a new edition of the laws as such, but it's rather a clarification of the law and just a slight sort of expanding of the wording to hopefully go belt and braces, if you like, to make sure that there's now no room for error in understanding what the law is. And, and that is that... The non-striker can be run out, um, but it can only be run out before the bowler reaches the moment when they would be expected to release the ball, which is sort of around when the arm gets to its highest point in the delivery swing. And we've now clarified and given a you know a definition of that in the laws, so it's there in black and white for everyone to see. Yeah, so where before it was expected point of release but didn't talk specifically around the delivery swing, now it's got a, a few extra dot points to kind of spell that out. Just to be clear on, on something you said then, was it the Zampa incident that that caused the MCC's wheels to get into motion with the Laws Subcommittee and the Cricket Committee, or was this something that was coming down the pipeline anyway? We, we'd always looked at you know, every at the moment, every you know few months or whatever. There's one of these things, and and we've sort of got on and, and clarified what it is. But it was it was that one when when people were saying, well, that's not what the law says, and and that you know prompted us to look at it really closely and think actually. You know, we know what we wanted it to say, and, and it did say that, but it also could have been interpreted another way. And, and you know, in, in law, there's no real room for, for ambiguity when it comes to mm. drafting. So we felt, look, um, we could see why people were interpreting it that way. Let's just add a few more words and get it absolutely crystal clear. 
um, you know, what the law is. So once the once the bowler has reached the highest point and sort of go through, we don't think that they should then be able to to run the non-striker out. The, the non-striker then is sort of, you know, can expect that you know the ball to have been released. But what we are saying is that until that point, in non-strikers be be very careful and you know don't try and steal a yard. Stay on your ground for as you know until until the bowler has reached that point. In last year's high-profile example, uh, Deep D versus D, it feels like I'm saying like Crown versus in a legal case, but in that moment at Lords, which drew so much scrutiny owing to, I suppose, the fact that it was at Lords, it was a high-profile one-day international and all the rest of it, a lot of the criticism around the law was, well, why not just simply make it when you let go of the ball? Now, I've put this to you privately, but can you explain why it's not viable for it to simply be when the ball is released? Yeah, one of the reasons is the one I said, we, we don't think it's right that a, a bowler sort of almost fools the, the, the non-striker that they've released it and uh, and you know, goes right the way through with the bowling action and then comes back and, and does it on the way back through. Um, we think once the arm has got to the to, to the point where we all know, you sort of weird to find on paper, but you sort of know when, when the ball's pretty much roughly going to be released. Once the ball, um, once the bowler's arm has reached that point, I think the non-striker has a, a fair um, assumption that the ball, um, you know, will have been delivered and so is safe to leave. But until that point, they should stay in their ground uh, and then and then these kind of debates can never happen and, and that would be a nice <laughs> place to do that. So with the Adam Sample one, just to go back to that for a sec, I think where there was some confusion, Ali Mitch spelled this out quite well and we spoke about it on, on the podcast as well, the expected point of relief the non-striker left their ground way before then like by the time the arm got to the the top of the delivery swing the non-striker was out of their ground by maybe a foot two feet even but well before that they'd left their ground Um, and what we were putting at the time was well maybe that's a better way of interpreting this by that I mean that if you leave your ground early you're fair game regardless even if it is after the the arms come through like it was with Zampa did you give any consideration to that on the basis that once a non-striker has effectively decided to make a jump start that they should be fair game regardless of where the bowler's arm is in the swing yeah I think the problem with that it's it's quite easy in televised games I think in in a in a what I call a normal game of cricket yeah um, you know where most games of cricket take place without any recourse to technology this is a very difficult law for umpires to to adjudicate They've got to to be concentrating on the the bowler's back foot first of all, where that's landed. Then the bowler's front foot, and you know, in ninety nine point nine percent of deliveries that are sent down, you know, don't involve one of these attempts at a run out. And so, for the umpire to be sort of having even more com- um, sort of part of his view of, of what's going on over here with the non striker, I think once the arm has if if the the bowler starts to do one of these run-ups, the, the umpire can sort of see that something's happening. Mm. Whereas, well, the way that you're phrasing it there would expect that the the uh, the umpire to know exactly where the non-striker is over there, you know, while this is going on. Right. But this could all still be normal. Um, it, you know, without technology, this is a difficult law for umpires. And 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 we did look in, b- before the 2017 changes whether there was a different way of solving the, solving this law with, um, you know, calling short runs or 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 you know no runs and, and all these sorts of things. And and we consulted quite widely with umpires, and and they said, look, this is this is really difficult as it is, and it's actually going to put more pressure on us if if there is a penalty, say. Um, uh, so say short run or something. The fielding side, the, particularly the, the fielders, extra cover or, or wide with wicket, 
um, would be, you know, there and going, oh, you know, he's he's left early there, and and it's not called, and, and that would create a lot of a lot of pressure on umpires to do that. So we think this is probably the right. With, as with any law, there always has to be a cutoff point where legal becomes illegal or where out becomes not out, and and you know, in, in law, you can't really have any any grey areas. And wh- wherever you draw that line, the line has to be drawn somewhere, and there's always going to be little grey areas around it. But there has to be a cutoff point. Um, we think that this one um, is about right and, and sort of is the easiest way. An umpire can sort of tell where the bowler is in the action, whether they've got up there and gone through, in which case it's too late, mm. um, or you know they haven't reached up there. And then you know the, the, the umpire can sort of see what's happening. The bowler's kind of stopped, quick look across, see where the non-striker is, and try and make a, a decision. But you know the umpire's obviously not in a very good place. You know, for a run out, the umpire would normally get side on. Yep. And, that's obviously totally impossible. So without um, without technology, this is a difficult one for umpires to monitor. And and that, but they sort of know you know when the ball should be delivered. And um, you know I think this is the, the way we've got it is probably about as good as it can be. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that the MCC laws cover all games of cricket, and the scrutiny invariably uh, happens upon games where there is no technology. So using the arm and the top of the swing as the as the proxy release point and not worrying about any other variable does give the central umpire a fighting chance in this. But I guess when this all started, you know, we've spoken in the past about Alistair Cook and his backing up in the 10-11 Ashes, which drew it to the attention of the ICC. They changed their playing conditions first before the before the MCC amended the laws in, in 17. I wonder whether the ICC, for their playing conditions, might look at doing something that, that tweaks this a bit more for their games on the basis that they do have technology at their disposal in TV games. They could do that, and that would be up for them. As you say, we write the laws for the whole game, and so whatever we write, you know, not has to be as sort of as easily um applied and, and interpreted by by people just you know two umpires standing on a on an afternoon in, in a field somewhere um mm. and you know if, if technology can help at the at the sharper end of the game then that's great uh but you know ideally within within the law um, you know rather than rather than changing it it does get quite difficult when you have you know people who are playing on a Saturday afternoon in the you know at a club somewhere are seeing one thing on telly they think that's what the law is so yep. we'll try and work with ICC and other governing bodies to try and make sure that um, you know laws and playing conditions align um, as much as possible uh, you know we're, we're in quite regular dialogue with ICC over these sorts of things uh, you know, yes the, the scope is there to to do something else with this with um, you know via a playing regulation but we don't think you know, I think what we are noticing is that non-strikers are staying in their ground a bit longer. Yep. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, pre-2017, the, the cut-off point was when the bowler entered the delivery stride, which is the landing of the back foot. And that did allow the non-strikers to actually steal quite a lot of ground, which um, we felt wasn't wasn't right. That was one of the other reasons why the law was changed back in 2017. And you know, we're, we're fairly confident that now is about the right time. That the sort of the moment that the ball is expected to be released is the time that the, the, the non-striker is, is safe to leave the ground. We think mm. that that's where it should be. And hopefully ICC will will you know tow along with what we're doing there. They have done thus far. If they wanted to add you know technology to that, well, you know, that's up to them. Yeah, that they'd be in a position to talk about what, what Jeff and I did the other week around, you know, maybe 
um, allowing the bowler a bit more flexibility because they'll have the cameras to adjudicate when the batter's left their ground. And as you say, that's impossible for a central umpire in a in a recreational game or, or something like that. That's probably where people who are hyper vigilant and watch this very closely. I mean, we've seen Peter Delapena with the with the arrows. I'm sure that's not been lost upon you. People who watch this ferociously get frustrated. They're like, well, this is too simplistic. The the top of the swing doesn't quite work. But on the other side of it, there is always going to be a, a group of people in our cricketing community who never accept the premise of running out the non-striker. But I don't know, it feels to me like that conversation has matured a bit maybe in the last few years where you go back to 2019. I think one of the first times we had you on was after the Ashwin Butler possibly uh, at the IPL. And like it felt like back then it was a very small group of people in the cricketing community who had had some exposure to the law or are paying attention to it and the rest had all these antiquated ideas around warnings and other bits and pieces but we we, we seem to hear less of that now that could only be a good thing yeah absolutely i think um we kind of felt that this was the sort of thing that almost needed a, a few airings for, for it to get through and i think that's kind of, that that has happened we we are seeing uh non-strikers being a bit more vigilant and and what mcc is calling on it is for the whole process of backing up to become a more active, you know, uh, thing rather than just a passively sort of wandering out, you know, as as and when it's sort of the bowler's roughly there, but actually focusing and, and looking at the at the at the bowler and and making it a, a conscious decision. Right, I'm only going to take my bat out of the ground once you know once the arm has got to the vertical. And if if all non-strikers do that, then um, yeah, this this won't happen. And what we have done is we produced a, a, a PDF document that is on on the law section of the MCC's website that has a big sort of FAQ um, sort of section of, about this whole area. Because whenever it happens, people say, "Oh, you should do this or you should do that," and we we run through some of those ideas and and perhaps point out why it's not practical um, and, and why the you know why we've chosen th- this route. And uh, and we think hopefully that will dispel some myths and make this whole area. Of the law a bit clearer. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up the FAQs. That was really good and it feels like that's quite an important piece of work here that whenever these questions get up and get asked around warnings and spirit of cricket and short runs, I saw Mitchell Stark. Again, I, I sort of didn't mind Mitchell Stark's intervention last year where he said, well, maybe a, a solution here. And he, he obviously supports the idea of running out the non-striker um, philosophically, but maybe you bring short runs in. Like You can see like where people have been uh, inspired to think about it more, even if it doesn't quite align with where the club's been at, which I suppose informs why you've seen fit to produce this much more expanded document through the FAQs on your website. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know, what we want to try and do is to, is to educate people. And if you think about the amount of effort that batters put into not getting out, um, you know, particularly in the longer form of game, you know, and this perhaps this type of dismissal is more prevalent in the shorter form of the game, but still all, all batters guard their wicket valuably. And this is actually one way you can guarantee yourself not to be out. You know, we all wish we could guarantee that we're not going to get bowled yes. or LBW or, or caught. <laughs> um, but this is actually one way you can absolutely guarantee you're in total control. And if you don't want to be run out this way, there's one very simple way of doing it. Having watched you bat, you, you do everything in your power not to get out, Fraser, and I'm sure when you're backing up, you're doing so just like Virat Kohli and watching the ball all the way out of the hand, like an Olympic sprinter. Uh, and maybe that's the way the game moves a little bit as well, where, where that can be a bit of fun, right? So that we saw Glenn Phillips at the T20 World Cup last year getting down in the crouching pose, and maybe it can take backing up to, to a whole different level that it's been in the past. 
Well, it's, it's nice to be likened to an Olympic sprinter. That is certainly <laughs> a first. Fraser Stewart, you do a wonderful job there uh, controlling and running the laws at the MCC, and you've been a great guest to the final win on many occasions. Thanks for joining us again today. Thanks a lot. Good to speak to you. This is the final word. Thanks to Fraser Stewart for joining us. He's always been happy to pick up the phone to Jeff and me. Over the years, we've been making this podcast. Great to have him on the show again. Fraser actually, after we hung up on our Zoom call then, told me uh, something that he hadn't before, that the first time he heard the term man-cad uh, was when he was living in Australia, captaining Q in the Victorian Sub-District Cricket Association. As a younger lad, he was captaining uh, the ones there. And yes, that's, that's the first time that it came onto his radar, which kind of uh, builds on his theory that the term itself, mancad, originates from Australia and has spread around the world accordingly. And I must say from uh, my days in indoor cricket, which I mentioned off the top there, that, that kind of tallies as well. A little bit like the double hat trick that our passion for indoor cricket in the 80s and 90s might have changed the language uh, in the game around the world. Something like that. Anyway, uh, if you like what Jeff and I do week to week on The Final Word, you can get involved with us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash The Final Word. We've uh, got a couple of parts to the weekly show in the feed at the moment. There was our conversation around Afghanistan, which dropped, I think, on Tuesday uh, and the weekly show as well. We'll have story time with Jeff and Daniel Norcross coming up this weekend. There'll be a revisit special for story time with myself and Jeff the week after. Before we head to India, and that is where the daily shows will begin again in earnest. Can't stop, won't stop. This has been the final word. Speak again soon. Bye.